NBA Strayer, how are you going? How are you going? You right? I hope so. That's right. It is Wednesday hump day, January 24. Uh, I am your host, James Clements. I'm a run ragged James Clements, I'll tell you. Looking after two squids today. It's my day off. Took a day off. Look after the squids. Second to see the dinosaurs. Yeesh. <laughs> I'm also the editor of a good website. It's called CoBet. You can see my ugly mug on Fox Sports Lab NBA as well. Fox Sports Lab NFL. CoBet Daily. We've also got the Cricket Today podcast. The live stream of that is happening tonight. That'll be fun. Go check that out. Football Today podcast as well. I'm here in Larry Armour Studios. It's pretty hot. Pretty hot in here, I'll tell you what. Should have had the aircon blasting. Screw the pooch there. But today, what an awesome day to take a day off. We've got a coach firing and a trade. Good job, Jim. Timed it great. <laughs> uh, and is it rivalry round or rivalry week or whatever? Because today was meltdown Wednesday. Uh, Nets gave up the ghost. Blazers completely cooked it and had a sook in OKC. Yeah. I'll wrap all those up in the NBA straight game wraps. We've got That's Not a Knife, Old Mate, No Mate, Spud of the Night, Better than Lonzo Ball. Some quick yeah nahs from listeners. I got the unpopular opinion of the day, and we've got Outback Take Yes. We were serving up a flame grill take. Uh, there's an Andrew Gaze Grey Mumber Award and big bunch of previews for tomorrow. That'll be fun. Can't wait. Uh, and that'll be it because I've got to run back out and uh, look after two screaming chaos kids. <laughs> awesome. All right, episode 1025 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. You better. Better watch out for the uh, Giannis attack if you're Adrian Griffin. Just got a couple of... uh, The bodies are piling up outside of Giannis' door. That's what I'm saying. Buds. He's just like, ah, see, bro. That's right, Adrian Griffin, Fiber Milwaukee. That's uh, chaos news to wake up to. Well, not really wake up to. It was cracking off. Uh, but anyway, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBS Show with the Daily. It's a whip around. That's right, 30 and 13, and you get shit canned. It's bad as getting fired on your day off. Jesus. Uh, it's the best winning percentage of a team that fired its coach uh, during a season since David Blatt got shit canned by the Cavs which is pretty funny. Ty Lue then went on to coach him to a title. Uh, obviously, Doc Rivers is the favourite to take the gig. They've actually, weirdly enough, we've got people out there reporting that he has taken the job already. I think it was CNN Sports, and then you've got a bunch of other places. Like, uh, I believe my favourite thing is Bleacher Report tweeted out that Doc had the job, and uh, according to CNN Sports, and then had their own reporter, Chris Haynes, going, he hasn't taken the job yet, like an hour later. <laughs> Amazing. But Doc Rivers, like, this is a bloke who just gets fired into better and better and better jobs time and time again, doesn't he? Goes from, like, a rebuilding Celtics to a contender, ready-made contender in the Clippers. Goes from the Clippers over to the Sixers with the best big man in the league, basically, not named Nikola Jokic. Get shit-canned from that. They go fucking awesome. It is weird how his teams, once he's gone, sort of tend to get better. But look, if you're going to get like one of the veteran head coaches, I don't mind the idea of Doc. I would. And this is it. The Adrian Griffin thing. I'll get into it like why it's all happened. But wouldn't it be fucking nice if Terry Stotts was still there? <laughs> Just and hadn't gotten into a fucking biffo with Adrian Griffin before the season. Jeez, were they some warning signs, do you think? Yes. Oh, duh. Yeah, so a bit of a weird one. But, Doc, like in terms of like the veterans out there, you know that the biggest reason they shit can him is just the defensive fucking mess they've turned into, which can't be just explained by the fact that Drew Holiday was traded away to get Dame Lillard. Dame is bad on defense. Yes. But at the same time, they have gone from, like, what, fourth on D last year to 22nd. That is chaos. A lot of that has got to be, like, we talked time and time again how... The players were like, yep, uh, this this defensive scheme you've got to try and play there, coach, it's fucked and you're an idiot. And he's like, oh, I'll sort of tr- I'll trickle it back to kind of what we're doing. 
and they don't have the personnel whatsoever at the moment. But even then, it seems both on offense and defense, uh, the players just were like, this is fucked. And there's a great big piece on The uh, Athletic about all of it. How, uh, amazingly, the Bucks were already just like, oh, shit, this guy might not be any good. Uh, around the in-season tournament, so after the biffo with Terry Stotts, where Stotts is like, fuck this guy, I'm out of here. I don't need this shit. Uh, not great. And then the in-season tournament, they lose to Indy. Uh, the Bucks brass, the owners and co, were like, hey, Doc Rivers, can you uh, mentor Adrian a little bit? And he's like, sure, give me some money. And they're like, okay. Uh, not great when you've got to bring in, you know, coaching uh, consultants, essentially, who then just take your job, which is a very consultant thing to do. They just go, oh, it's like the dude from Jeopardy. It's like, oh, I've conducted a wide-ranging uh, search for Jeopardy hosts in the, uh, yeah, I think I'd be pretty, I'd, I think I'm the guy for the job. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Anyway, but giving up 135, 113 points in back-to-back games by the, to the Pistons is uh, pretty fireable, which is funny. But the fact that the warning signs are already there within the organization, just it's amazing that they did have the balls to just put a bullet in it and just go, fuck it. Off they went. And... So that elite defense, very, very defensive-minded team, obviously. You've got Giannis throwing buds under the bus last year about, yeah, uh, coach never said that I could check Jimmy Butler, man, so that's why we lost, I guess. Uh, Drew Holiday got torched by Butler anyway and all this sort of gear. So you have these moments where the defense is shit under Adrian Griffin. Rivers has been known to sort of come in, fix defenses, did it for the Clippers, did it for the Sixers. Uh... But I think the weird sort of most telling aspect of this is like the sheer lack of Dame and Giannis pick and rolls where even the players are like, what are we doing? This is fucked. But it does feel like player-led revolt. But uh, the Bucks brass were like, this dude sucks. Fuck. How do we screw the pooch on this one? And that's probably the bigger question for me is like, not only does Joe Pronti survive all this, the snake Joe Pronti, just out here, just getting through his fire time and time again. Uh, they call him interim Joe Pronti. But the way that they sort of went through their process and didn't hire Nick Nurse when it seemed like that was the direction they probably ought to go after last year, it's like, what are you doing, idiots? And they sort of screw the pooch there. He goes to the Sixers. They look fantastic. They breathe new life into that offense. And now you've got Adrian Griffin just sort of, it all just looks shit. And it fucking screamed, you know, first or second round exit, right, for the Bucks. Because you kind of waited for them to get healthy. Malik Beasley shooting the piss out of the ball. Giannis has been awesome. Dame, shit year for him, basically. But it feels like he's also not been put into great positions to succeed on offense uh, alongside Giannis. It feels like he should be way more open than he usually is. So you just sort of hope that Doc just goes, all right, boys, what are we going to do here? And they're just like, well, maybe we do this. But yeah, basically being a consultant to Griffin and then taking his job is... Uh, on your Doc Rivers, not bad. You know that Terry Stotts and Buds are just somewhere just going, just shaking their heads going, you fucking pack of pricks. Because <laughs> Terry Stotts, how do you just stayed there, right? You've got a dude who's coached Dame for a million years in Portland. Uh, gets a, you know gets the arse out of Portland. Comes on with Adrian Griffin. Adrian Griffin's fucking berating him like a psychopath. Terry Stotts says, I don't need this shit. Fuck you. And quits. Awesome. Great job by Terry Stotts. But if he had a steal, still been there, like I just wonder, like Adrian Griffin's probably just shot himself in the foot, right? That's what you come away from this. Like, if you have Terry Stotts, you just go, "Hey Terry, can you organize the offense? I'm going to figure out this fucking D." And Terry Stotts is like, "Right, Dame, we're just going to do a lot of what we did in Portland. It's going to be awesome." But now we've got Giannis and Chris Middleton, and away they went. But Adrian Griffin's ego of like, "Fuck you, Terry Stotts, fuck you," and Terry Stotts going, "Fuck you, dickhead, I'm out." Yeah. That's sign your own death warrant vibes. Uh, Buds is also just going to be like, yeah, not that fucking easy, is it? I made it look easy. It's not that easy. So how do we feel about Doc taking over? Is it a good move? Uh, we'll get to that in the year, Nas. Terry Rosey. Terry Rozier got traded. Trade between Miami and Charlotte. I literally talked about this yesterday. Big booty car, Larry. He was on the uh, 
the trading dick. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. They flipped Big Buddha Gar Larry off to Charlotte along with a uh, protected first, which is a uh, it's a weird first where it's like the first round pick that's for 2027, right? It's a protected lottery protected 2027 Miami pick. Unprotected should it convey to 2028. Uh, and there's also other weird ones where I think it doesn't go out. Like the details of this trade, I've got to dig into them. This is the problem. I'm sitting there with the two squids this morning trying to fucking dig into this. One of them is just like covered in fucking hives. So he was meant to be daycare today. Uh, instead, he's still got the fucking hives. Uh, just sort of, you know, hate to say I told you so. All right. Not that sort of hives, but the other shit ones. He's all right, but he's still pooping like a trooper, and you're like, fuck me dead, mate. I can't send you to fucking daycare like this. But we did take him to the dinosaurs, which is fucking gnarly, actually just around the corner from the house. Uh, he also, I was just like, fucking thank God this is not chaos. Like, it was pretty chaotic. But anyway, I'm also then trying to, like, dig into, like, the details of this trade. And uh, the news tickers for a lot of uh, big sites and everything, and, like, the actual details, very just like, oh, yeah, but you're protected first. And I'm like, what are the actual protections? Like, oh, I think it's lottery in 2027 and conveys. And you're like, all right. There's other some weird shit in there, so I might see what's going off. Uh, but I love it for Miami. You sort of uh, you get you move the Lowry piece for something that's very very usable this year, where Terry Rowe's ah, he's averaging what twenty three points or whatever a game. Uh, he was awesome, obviously, without Lamelo there, and now you've got Terry Rozier playing off ball, or at least you know he gives the Miami at least a bit of a uh, more functional version of Lowry, I guess a lot more dangerous offensively version of Larry at this point. Next to Butler, next to Bam, who obviously run a lot of the offense in Miami, just gives them another body. It does worry me about the hero-Rogier combo in the backcourt, especially defensively. But, like, Lowry was giving them such fuck-all that to basically give up a lottery-protected first to get someone like Rose, not give up any of your young dudes uh, as you would have in like the Dame Lillard trade. It's like Terry Rozier has basically given you the output of Dame Lillard this year anyway, like the Dame's had on Milwaukee. Of course, Adrian Griffin got fired because he hasn't been able to use Dame properly, but still. It's just Miami gave up fuck all. They got Rozier. We've seen him step up in big moments. Scary Terry. And... It'd be interesting to see what he does in a winning situation. We saw him in Boston where he sort of had the car keys at times, which is always weird. But he had some big moments. Also went fucking MIA in other moments. I wonder how he'll go in like the, you know, fucking pressure cooker of Miami. It's pretty hard. But uh, good on it for the heat. I love it. Just sort of upgrade that Lowry spot a bit, especially on offense. Off they go. And this ought to be the start of the fire sale for the Hornets. Like they were like, yeah. This is uh, Mitch Kupchak was just like, Kupchak was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, we've probably got some other moves to make. It's like, no shit, Sherlock. Your team's fucking horrible, mate. You better be making some other moves <laughs> or else you should be fucking fired. It's like, nah, our work is done here. It's like, yeah, what are they, 10 and 31 or whatever the fuck? Um, yeah, the 10 and 31. Knew that off the top of my head. Not bad, bro. Uh, but Hayward should be off next, obviously, you'd think. Uh, basically, anybody not named LaMelo Ball, Brandon Spindles Miller, and probably Mark Williams, untouchable. Like, the three of those. Anything else is like, yeah, kick the tires on Miles Bridges' trade. That dude's a fucking piece of shit, so piss him off. PJ Hamilton Washington might actually fetch you something as well. Uh, so maybe just see what you got, what you can get on the uh, old trade circuit. But Haywood's probably the big one to sort of move and uh, get more salary dump sort of vibes collect some assets because they've sort of only got that Miami pick and their own picks, and that's kind of it. For a team that's been this shit for this long, it's pretty remarkable. So, yeah, I'd keep Lamelo, keep Spindles, keep Mark Williams. Nick Rich has been kind of handy, but, I mean, probably start a bidding war with so many teams needing big dudes. So, anyway, cool trade, fun one. Rosier in Miami. Uh, Hornets, Wolves, speaking of which, yesterday... That one that was chaos at the end. Cat uh, scoring 62 points and a loss as we broke down yesterday on yesterday's show. The most pathetic 62-point game in NBA history. Uh, pretty cool. There were 10 missed calls at the end of that one. 10! 
This is the NBA's own league, our last two minutes report. There was two missed calls alone on Carlton Towns' like attempt to drive to the bucket for the game winner. Terry, so speaking of which, Terry Rose fouls him, and then Leaky Black, my favorite NBA name, fouled Towns as well as he attempted the shot. So two fouls. He got fucking murderated, the poor bloke. But I think, yeah, it was like a split of uh, six and four of those ten uh, that might have fucked up, which is just fucking funny because the Wolves are like, bro, we got hosed. It's like, well, you put yourself in the position to get hosed. So really good one to get. So three of the incorrect calls favored Minnesota, six favored Charlotte, and there was another one um, which was sent <laughs> to the wrong fucking player. <laughs> Again, what happens to the refs? I want to know how they're disciplined for this absolute shit show because the Wolves got hosed, and we talk about today, like, uh, the Blazers having a fucking sook as well, but the Wolves, quite literally, they fucked up horribly for two minutes. How many other calls do you reckon they missed in that game? About a million? Anyway, so that's fun. Uh, And, yeah, as mentioned, like, we're going to get to it in the game reps, but the Blazers are going to file an official challenge, (laughs) which is hilarious, an official protest. Um, with Chauncey Phillips uh, calling a timeout um, when they're up 109-108. And then Brogdon gets called a double dribble with 15 seconds left. And uh, Phillips just fucking loses his mind. He gets tossed and uh, booted. Obviously, two techs. And then, yeah, it was hilarious. Bill Kennedy said that he wasn't granted a timeout because the ref was focused on the play, making it difficult for him to hear and see Phillips' request. I love that. So, yeah, that's not going to work, but either way. Having a sook about it is pretty funny. Other news. I'm on the drugs. I'm on the drugs. I'm on the drugs. Suspended Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson tested positive for ibuprofen. Yeah, so Tristan Thompson, uh, noted Snapchatter, <laughs> tested positive for uh, ibutamorin. Ibutamorin? Yep, and Psalm LGD4033. I think that's the making everything of my TV, isn't it? <laughs> According to Lee. Uh, so, Ibutamarin. Ibutamarin? There we go. Uh, increases level of HGH in the body. Popular among bodybuilders. LGD4033, which is also known as Legandrol, is the same thing that uh, Joakim Noah got suspended for. So, yeah. Tristan Thompson. Uh, it's like, wow, he's playing pretty old considering he's so old. Yes. <laughs> and here we are. And Kevin Porter Jr. reached a deal with prosecutors, pleading guilty to misdemeanor assault and harassment violation uh, about his domestic uh, domestic harassment, abuse, assault charges, etc. Uh, so he's got a 26-week abusive partner intervention program. And after a year, if he complies to attending all court dates and no further arrests and a limited order of protection... Uh, he can withdraw the plea, effectively clearing his criminal record, which interesting. Uh, other little bits. Uh, the USA Select Team was announced for the, uh, what is it, Par- Gay Paris Olympics, um, which would be interesting because I think you sort of look at the the player pool. It's like 41 players. It's like, bam, go the throw, Jared Allen. Palabangato, Desmond Brown, Scotty B. Like, Basically, you've got some big names in there because you've got Paul George, you've got Joel Embiid, you've got KD, AD, Ant-Man, Halliburton, Harden. You've got weird dudes like Spindles Ingram, Triple J. But the big ones are obviously LeBron James, Kawhi. <laughs> uh, Tatum out there again, Dame. Um, pretty interesting sort of mix. Pretty cool, pretty fun. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know. They can name whatever team they want. They're still going to lose to the Aussies. So let's go. And lastly, fucking blow up the Nets. Whoa, God, that team is horrible. All right, let's do some game raps. Game raps. Game raps. This is meant to be a quick show, and it's going already very long. The Nuggets outlasted the Pacers 114-109. Nikola Jokic, hello. 31-13-10. Uh, awesome game. Hits a massive three late. God, it was a dagger. And he was never going to miss it either. So, fun game. Indy came roaring back into this one. And you just sort of see there going, the Nuggets should be okay, right? And then 
they just sort of like in the fourth quarter, they just sort of ground to a halt and in, like they're up ten. I'm like watching this one with the squids. I'm like, oh, yeah, Denver are going to smash this, and then it was suddenly like it wasn't ten anymore. They just didn't score for about three minutes. Naismith was everybody was like there. They tied it up, Indy, and you're like, oh my god, they're going to fucking steal it. They got up by th- uh, what was it like one hundred two, one hundred three. So they got up by a point, and you're like, oh, God, they're uh, right there. They're still tied when it's like two minutes left. Denver hit a big shot, get back up by four. Indy right there after Siakam steps up, and then just the absolute massive six seconds left, game-breaking three uh, from Nikola Jokic to seal the win. Murray was awesome in this one. I mean, this is the thing. Like, when you play the Pacers and you only score 114, you're like, yeah, you had a bad game. <laughs> the Pacers also uh, didn't have Halliburton and like only went 5 of 21 from 3 and made this a game. So you're like, oh, jeez, what's going on, Nuggets? And you're like, yeah, look, just a bit of a rough offensive one and you get that on the big jobs when you're on the road. But the fact that they still won this and got 31 out of Joker, 31, 8, and 7 out of Jamal as well, where well, they both shot the piss out of it, 13 and 19 for Joker, 11 and 24 for Jam and Jamal Murray. MPJ did sweet dick all, 2-9 for 5 points. Aaron Gordon. MPJ was also a question mark going in this game anyway. So Gordon, 9-1-1. One, and one. It's like, hey, uh, Aaron, aren't you good? He's like, oh, sometimes. 14 for KCP, 13 for Reggie Jackson. Uh, but then the paces just sort of spread around. Nemhard was really good, 15-7, and seven, starting place of Halliburton. Turner was handy, 22-6, uh, sort of dominating, but ends up shooting 0-5 from downtown. And Naismith goes 1-7 of seven from 3 as well for 13-9. Sixteen, ten, and four for Siakam. This is the one where you're like, "Ah, oh, turn it up, mate. Come on." And he's like, oh, "I'm trying to, but I'm playing against fucking Aaron Gordon." Jesus, Jim, settle down. I'm like, "All right." Uh, seventeen and seventeen, TJ McConnell. Just a little bit, not enough down the stretch. Uh, Rick Carlisle, which uh, is <laughs> just like, um, Joker's like, "Can you get this guy out of here?" And the refs like, "Oh, I reckon we can, Joker. What do you reckon?" And off he goes. So, bit of a rough one. Pretty funny. And I don't know, it's just a strange, weird game. But it was a fun game in the end. Um, so he gets booted and Joker's like, yeah, it's about time he fucking kicked this guy out because Carlo fucking lost his mind. And that's what happens when the refs are shit. <laughs> so he got booted in the, three quarter, in the third quarter. So, yeah. Uh, New York beat the Nets. That's right, the Knickerbockers of New York City. Don't forget, this is uh, rivalry week. <laughs> Denver and Indy. Oh, they're in the ABA. Next win, 108 to 103 in the Nets. The Nets just fall apart in the fourth quarter. Again, great coaching, Jacques Vaughan. 32-18, fourth quarter. Nick's steamrolled and Randall was unreal. 39-7. and uh, 30 for Brunson. Unstoppable. OG Ananobi was a bit quiet, but he was just a fucking defensive wrecking ball. Just sort of real, like, Mikael Bridges went off and nobody else could do shit, it felt like, for the uh, Nets. OG was like, I'm just going to steal the ball again. Had four steals and two blocks. He only had 10 points. Didn't fucking matter, mate. He had Precious. He had six and nine. Nice. Uh, eight points for Miles McBride. Josh Hart went one of seven. And Don DiVincenzo went three of eight from three. And they just fucking stomped them in the fourth quarter. Just Randall. Just going, nah, check this out. And the Nets, they can't find their ass when it gets to crunch time. Mikael Bridges might not be that dude. He had 36, five and five. Fantastic gear. And then absolutely nothing nothing from anybody else. Spencer Diddy, Dinwiddie's got one foot out the fucking door. Zero points on 0-4 shooting in 19 minutes. Fuck him off. Cam Thomas, 14 points, 6 of 11 shooting. Uh, 19 for Cam Johnson. Cool. Great. 4 of 6 from 3. Fucking nothing else anywhere. 17 rebounds for Claxton. The Nets are a horror show. They need a fucking point guard who isn't a dip. Shit. Like Spencer Dinwiddie. And here we are. Nets have now lost 13 in the last 15 games. Knicks, Roland, 27-17. Brooklyn Nets, 17-26. More Knicks fans there than Nets ones as well. Utah got curb stomped by the New Orleans Pelicans. That's not what I tipped. Uh, <laughs> it was an absolute beatdown, 153-124. Giving up 153 is uh, pretty, pretty chaos. Uh, for the Yaz, they just gave up the ghost in the second quarter and Pelicans just rode it. Just kept fucking putting their hurt on them. Uh, scored 43 in the second quarter. They were fucking smashing it. They hit 23 threes. And CJ McCollum just went absolutely ham. So, uh, yeah, a bit handy, bro. But this is sometimes the Pelicans will have these games where if CJ's on 
all you need is like Zion and Spindles not to fuck it up, and they're all good, right? Uh, and that's what happened. The Yaz, 14 for Jordan Collins with nine rebounds, 22 for the Sex Man. He had seven assists. Lowry, though, was absolutely atrocious, 11 points on four of 15 shooting. And uh, Jordan Jeremy Clarkson, nine points, nine shots, uh, one of eight for Keontae George, the rookie, just horrible up and down the thing. Like, Simon Van was pretty handy with the 18. Uh, he hit five threes, but yeah. Oh, not great. 23 threes is a lot. Uh, Zion had 17, 3 and 11. That's 11 assists for points on. Love that. CJ ends up with a 33 fucking point game because he shot 9 of 13 from downtown. Spindles at 18, 5 and 6. 22, 5 and 5 for Herb Jones, who hit 4 of 4 from 3 as well. You love to see it. The problem is, can we play Dyson Daniels the vacuum a bit more? He played 17 minutes. He was a plus 13. He took two shots. Give the man a bit of a crack. Come on. 17 and 12 from My Name is Jonas. Love that. He's just crushing it. Trey Murphy at 14. 12 for Larry Nance Jr. with eight rebounds as well. Just an all-team beatdown. Shot 57% from the floor, 50% from three. 23 of 46 from downtown is fucking absurd. Great win for the Pals. Just putting the Yaz to the sword. Yaz dropped to 22 and 23. Pelicans, 26, 18. Uh, OKC scraped by Portland, 111, 109. As mentioned earlier, Billups and the uh, Blazers having a sook. Um, Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant had 18. He went four or five from three, but it was Simons, like, especially late, who just sort of kept them cruising along. Scoot was very good with the 19, four and seven as well. Simons had the 17 and five. Uh, hit four of nine from three. 18 for Brogdon. Seven assists, seven turnovers. Blah! DeAndre Ayton, once again, outplayed by the Grim Reefer, the Great Barrier Reef. That's right, DeAndre fucking Spud Ayton, 5.7 rebounds, 2 assists. Duop Reef, 10 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists in 6 less minutes. Start the man, Chauncey. 14 and 13 for Jabari Walk as well. Uh, crazy game, though. You had the two Aussies of Duop Reef and Matty T up against Giddy. Giddy was all right, 7, 5, and 3 in 25 minutes. Didn't take too many shots, went 3, 6. Uh, because SGA was fucking fantastic. 33, 6, and 10 with five steals. Weapon. Jalen Williams hits the game winner. 19, 4, and 2 with two steals and two blocks. And Chet, eight points, 10 rebounds, six blocks. Bang! Not bad. Uh, you had 13 from Andrew, not Andrew Wiggins, the other Aaron Wiggins uh, off the bench too. They needed that because the Oklahoma shitty Thunder were about to lose this and then they didn't. Uh, incredible shot by J-Dub. And he got the uh, the water dumped on him by J-Lin Williams. So 19-4, 2-2-2. And two. What a weapon. God, he's good. Shot 9-20 overall. But SGA and Jalen Williams, just beautiful. Good win for the Thunder to pull it out of their ass because they should have lost that. They didn't. 12-31 and 31 now. The Blazers, OKC, okay, 30-13. And, and then finally, the Clippers outlast the Lakers without LeBron James. Uh, Lakers were there and thereabouts all game. Until they weren't. 27 and 10 for D-Lo. The classic D-Lo game. It's like, oh, he's feeling it, man. Got to watch out for him. He shot 9 at 21. 4 of 10 from 3. Not bad. 10 assists. 5 turnovers. 26 and 12 for AD. 11 for the Red Bull Prince. Uh, Rui. Hachimura also had 11. 12 and 5 for Austin Reeves. 12 for Jared Vanderbilt with 9 rebounds. Cam Reddish was pretty handy. Then uh, hurt his foot. And that was kind of it. Like, the Lakers were hanging tough. Ooh, 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 and then they weren't. End up losing by 11. Um, they sort of just made runs at the Clippers. The Clippers sort of kept them at bay, and then Kawhi <laughs> would pop up and do something crazy. Rusty was, like, nailing threes. He had 16 points, six rebounds, three assists off the bench, and went 3-3 three three from downtown in 18 minutes. Not fucking bad, Rusty. Uh, 23 and 10 for James Hadd and 25, 11 and 10 for Kawaii. <laughs> 17, 5 and 3 for Paul George. Uh, and T-Man was really good. He also hurt himself at one point. And you're like, what is going on here? 17 points for him. Uh, Norm. Norm powered the 17 on 8 of 14 shooting. This is why I fucking love the Clippers as like a playoff team. Because they just go, oh, this is kind of cool. You can like throw haymakers at us. Throw it, give us your best shot. We'll take it, and then we'll just unleash Kawhi on you. It's fucking terrifying. The thing is, will he stay healthy the entire year? Who knows? But 25, 11, and 10, he shot 11 to 16. He just fucking controlled that game. It was silly. 
And when you've got Harden hitting threes and Man hitting threes, obviously when Rusty hits three or three from downtown, that's just fucking found money. Uh, but a huge game for the Clippers. God, they're terrifying. Got a question about them later in year now as well. 22 and 23. Now the Lakers. Clippers, 28 and 14. Who's the NBA Australia approved performer of the night? <laughs> that's not a knife. That's a knife. Oh, I'll tell you what. Today we had the Bridges 36, but CJ shot the piss out of it. The 33 on 11 to 17 shooting, 9 of 13 from downtown as they beat the Jesus Christ out of uh, Utah Yaz. And SGA, the 33, 6, 10 assists and 5 steals. He was everywhere. But it's J-Dub. What a weapon he was. Kawhi as well. Kawhi with the 25, 11, and 10. J-Dub hits the actual game winner. The dude's 22 years old. He went 9 of 20. He was fucking fantastic, man. Uh, ends up with, what, 19 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, did a bit of everything, hit the game winner. And Nikola Jokic as well with the absolute dagger 3 just to uh, send the paces off. So not bad. We had an awesome array of uh, NBA Australia approved performers in the night. I'll tell you that much. Who was spot of the night, though, Jim? Spud, 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 one turnover, one foul. <laughs> Sweet fuck all. What are you doing, Spencer? One of eight for Keontae George as well, but he's a rookie. Come on. We cut him some slack. Two of seven, uh, one of seven for Josh Hart. Uh, he was 0 of five. Dorian Finney-Smith had another horrible game. Two of ten. Now, if you, like me, were like, hey, Dorian Finney-Smith's about a fucking rough top, Jim. It's like, yeah, he's been real fucking bad from the floor. Uh, last few games, he has shot as DFS. 1 of 8, 0 of 5, and 2 of 10. For those playing along at home, that is 3 of 23 over his last three games. It gets worse. <laughs> he went 3 of 12 in the three prior games to that. Dude went to Paris, came back, and forgot how to fucking shoot. What happened on that plain DFS? Unbelievable. Absolute spud territories, and he is a uh, much ballyhooed spud of the night. Uh, Larry, that was the 4 of 15 for him. Not great. And, uh, yeah, nobody shot the magic number today, though, So, which is a bit of a bit of a heartbreaker. Never good, but either way. Uh, who's old mate no mates? Old mate no mates. 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 It's an easy one today. It's fucking Adrian Griffin. You're 30 and 13, you get shit canned. Like, that is, it's just, that's a kick in the dick, isn't it? Like, it really is. It's like, ah, oh, we're cruising. We're second in the year. He's a couple of games behind Boston, but we'll catch him. We'll figure it out. Ah, uh, yeah, Adrian, you're fine. He's like, fucking what? <laughs> that is brutal. Pretty funny, but also really fucking brutal. <laughs> Checks this, I'll tell you. Uh, what was the pantsing of the night, though? Uh, probably, like, a bit of the weird pantsings of... Uh, I don't know, time and time again, like this weird Bleacher Report. Oh, CNN reported that Adrian uh, Doc Rivers accepted the gig. And then, like, Bleacher Report and Co. Are like, oh, yeah, not yet. Like, that's a bit of a pantsing as a journalist. journalist like, whoever's reporting that. It was very weird. Uh, and a bit of the old mate, no mates. Like, Kyle Lowry's got to be sitting there going, fucking, come on, man. Like, you're trying to win to Charlotte. Fuck. All right, well. You put me up in a hotel, Charlotte, because I don't think I'll be here long kind of vibes, right? Yeah, bit of a pantsing too. Um, it's like the thank you, Kyle Lowry. It's like, yeah, thanks for a lot. Thanks for a lot. Uh, better than Lonzo Ball? <coughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you'll get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Uh, look, the better than Lonzo Ball, we've sort of already given J-Dub like absolute fucking props. Herb Jones, I'll tell you what, he was fantastic today. The 22 points on eight of nine shooting four of four from three two at two at the line he had five rebounds five assists he had a steal he had a block he was bloody everywhere herb jones today better than lonzo ball you'd love to see it but ah oh, everyone's favorite topic what are we gonna do is it oh 
And today, it just delivered in spades. I could just do an entire show about it, but it's time for the magic tweet of the day. I want to congratulate my friend and one of the best to ever coach in the NBA, Doc Rivers, for accepting the Milwaukee Bucks head coaching job. Doc is a world champion, so he will demand that the Bucks play hard, play good defense, and play well together. Uh, don't know if it's confirmed, Magic, but thanks. Uh, but my absolute favorite is Magic has actually tweeted out about eight times today. And when I say eight, I mean about 20. <laughs> so after yesterday's, we talked about Tara Vanderveer. Uh, he then tweeted, let's just run him off. The New York Knicks made a big move ahead of the upcoming trade deadline by acquiring OG Ananobi from the Toronto Raptors. Ananobi's addition to the team will take pressure off Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson defensively because he's capable of guarding the opponent's best player uh, and every position on the court. This will create more offensive opportunities for Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. Okay, that happened a while ago, but thanks, Magic. The Miami Heat made an excellent trade acquiring Terry Rozier from the Charlotte Hornets where he averaged 23 points a game. He's an Eric Spolster and Pat Riley type of player who will definitely make the Heat more explosive. Okay, thanks, Magic. GM Chad Buchanan of the Indiana Pacers made a great trade move by grabbing Pascal Siakam from the Toronto Raptors, making them a significantly more complete team as they advance toward a playoff run. With a healthy Tyrese Halliburton, no team in the East will want to see them. Okay, thanks, Magic. That happened a week ago, but that's good. I think the Bucks firing former head coach Adrian Griffin was a big mistake. It's not his fault the Bucks traded their best on-ball defender, Jeru Holiday. They are not a good defensive team and are all around too slow. He then said Doc Rivers is a fucking great hire. Thanks, Magic. Outside of the Boston Celtics, multiple teams in the East need to make a trade before the deadline, including the Bucks, 76ers, Knicks, Cavaliers, and the Hawks. Okay. Thanks, Magic. Looking at the Western Conference, I think the world champion Nuggets, the Clippers, the Timberwolves, and the Thunder don't need a trade. The Lakers, the Pelicans, the Suns, the Mavericks, the Warriors, and the Kings definitely need to make some trades before the deadline. You just lifted, listed half the fucking conference, Magic. Thanks. <laughs> There's so many more. <laughs> oh, God. Joel Embiid led his team to victory last night against the Spurs while breaking records in the process. Not only is it amazing that he scored 70 points, I'm blown away that he shot 58% from the field. With his team tied for second-best record in the East, he's once again the leading candidate for this year's MVP. I typically don't like to talk about teams that lose, but I have to send some love to the Timberwolves' Carl Anthony Towns for scoring 62 points, 30 of which from the three-point line. Oh, God. Over the past decade, the NBA has been a guard-heavy league, but the trend has shifted towards dominating centers and power forwards like Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, and Jason Tatum. Okay. Thanks, Magic. The future of the NBA is in good hands from the guard position with the dominating performances of Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Halliburton, Shade Gildas Alexander, Darren Fox, and Ja Morant. Ja Morant got hurt the other day. And he's out for the season. But thanks, Magic. Uh, I don't know what's happened. Either Magic's just had a stroke or he just had all these in his draft folder and thought he'd tweeted them out but hadn't and went, oh, fuck, I better get them all out. But either way, what do we say? Thanks, Magic. Amazing. Just unbelievable. I just want to do an entire show that's just Magic tweets. I fucking swear it's the greatest. Anyway, let's do some yeah, nails right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. Let's do it, NBA Australia. Yeah, now nah, it's brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Get your merch. Beep up. 
Get your merch, get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Yeah, wear it. Uh, get a t-shirt, get a hoodie, or get a stubby holder, get a coffee mug. Got a couple of those left now. Uh, go to mbastray.com slash shop or just click through on the socials. Away you go, Bob your uncle. Uh, let's do some here, Nas. A couple of good ones. Matty Boo, Matt Bell, AGM, Adrian Griffin, and potentially for Doc Rivers. How will Dame enjoy being part of the system? Odd decision when you're second in the East. I mean, sure, they can't play much D, but yeah, nah, good call. Especially after the Bucks put up with Bud's incompetence for years. Yeah, nah, look, I think I love the idea of like realizing a mistake, ripping off the band-aid going, fuck, all right. If the players are upset, we've seen, what, 43 games of what he's up to, a half-season not much, not enough has changed if he's not hitting like specific, I don't know, KPIs from your HR fucking department. And maybe like the feedback you're getting from Doc is that, yeah, this dude doesn't know his ass from his elbow. Yeah. If you feel like this is the best thing for your team, I don't mind just going, fuck it, right, Doc, here we go. It's more like, I do love just fucking giving coaches a chance to sort of build and build and build, but. This is a this is a specific collection of talent and a team that is old. Like this is a Bucks team that you're like, oh well, you know, Giannis has got years ahead of him. Yeah, Dame's old as shit. Chris Middleton's old as shit. Brooke Lopez is old as shit. Bobby Portis is surprisingly old. Like it's not a fucking like young spring chicken team. They've got fuck all young talent. So you bring in a veteran coach. It sort of always felt weird and fucky that they went with Adrian Griffin untried first-time head coach. And it's like, yeah, you can have good ballyhooed fucking assistant coaches look look at Darvin Ham and stuff. But it never felt like this was the right fit. So Nick Nurse, uh, obviously they didn't go down that path. And here we are. I'm going to end up with Doc Rivers. <laughs> so uh, if it's a good call, I think it's just a good call if like from an organizational point of view, if that's what they decide and what they're seeing from uh, – Griffin as well was just not matching their expectations to go right. Fuck it, our players are unhappy. Everybody else is unhappy. Pull the pin and away you go. So I think it's a good call. Yeah. Uh, Ian Matthew Bassett, I am Boo. Had a good one. Clippers are the villains of the NBA season this year, uh, of the NBA season this year. Yeah, nah. Four future Hall of Famers is just unfair. Is the last super team to do that? The Golden State Warriors with Durant. Yeah, nah. I mean. The thing is, like, the four future Hall of Famers thing feels a bit weird, right? Because you're like, yeah, but they're all not exactly in their prime. Harden's past his prime. Rusty's past his prime. Kawhi is probably on the back end of his prime. Paul George is, like, you know, actually right there. But are they the villains? Like, this is the thing. Trying to figure out which team people could, like, hate more than this sort of version of the Clippers, it's pretty hard. Like, the Celtics are still kind of like, they've got the extreme zinger meal, for fuck's sake. The extreme zinger meal. Oh, that's awesome fun. <laughs> There's not too many hateable teams this year. Like, the Knicks play hard. They're kind of weird. The Sixers, Embiid has a fucking sook every two seconds, but at the same time, like, Nick Nurse has made them way more fun to watch than they used to be. You've got a reigning champion Nuggets that no one hates because Joker's a legend. The Wolves are hilarious. Like, no one hates the Thunder because they're upstarts. The Lakers are probably there, but they've got such a weird rotating cast all the fucking time, year in, year out, because LeBron kicks all his mates to the fucking curb, brings in a bunch of new ones that it's hard to hate. Like, the Lakers, if you don't already hate the Lakers, like, obviously, but this specific collection of talent on the Lakers, like, what do they really inspire? It's not a bunch of hate. Like, it's the same with the Suns. Like, fucking Beal, Durant, and Booker just got together. And you can't really hate them. You can't... Re- like, Clay and Dre are trying their fucking hardest. But Steph still makes the Warriors, like, just innately kind of not hateable, really. The Bucks, they were kind of trending there. They might get there with Doc Rivers. But Dame Lillard, again, he's got one of the highest approval ratings. Like, he and Steph, this was an, a year and a half from a while ago, Right. Is there anyone with a higher sort of approval rating than Dame and Steph? It's like, probably not. And like, Giannis is pretty hard to hate as well. He's Greek. He's fun. And then outside of that, like, Miami don't feel hateable in the way that some Heat teams do. 
because Jimmy Butler's kind of a lunatic and kind of fun. The Mavs, Kyrie's a dickhole, but at the same time, like the rest of that team's a bit of a mess outside of him and he and Luca. And the Pelicans, like that's kind of it. Like you sort of look around, and it's like, nah, it's probably the Clippers. They're the villains this year. Like they've got the super fucking rich owner. They've got all these dudes. They've collected it all together. But even then, I find it kind of hard to hate this idea of this Clippers team because you've got like three unproven non-championship dudes. Like, yeah, it's four Hall of Famers, but only one of them's won a title, right? Like Harden and Rusty haven't. Paul George, playoff P, was always a fucking joke of a nickname. Kawhi's the only one who's done anything in his career, apart from like, you know, individual accolades, basically. So I find it hard to hate, hate, hate them, but they do sort of feel much more like the villains of the piece just because they are like, fuck it, we'll spend all the money, don't care. Like the Warriors probably trend this way if Draymond snaps again and Steph has like a few more sooks here and there, but yeah, it's the Clippers. And then lastly, Matty G, George. Uh, Yeah, nah, Steve Kerr not having Draymond on the initial Team USA select list is just admitting that he can't be trusted playing against teams that are just European guys that he wants to kill. Yeah, nah. Oh my God, I love this. (laughs) Seriously, Steve Kerr's like, yeah, look, Draymond, we'd like to take you to the Olympics, but it's in Paris. And we'd be playing you like... I can't have you walking onto the court with a machete because that's what you do because you're a lunatic and you hate Euros. And seriously, the rest will be like, you can't bring that machete out here. What are you doing, Draymond? He's like, I just want to fuck, cut someone's head off. So, oh, shit. So, yeah, good, great leadership by Steve Kerr and the Brains Trust there. <laughs> that's so good, though. Draymond just going, oh, man. Like, Steve Kerr got no, I can't take him to Paris He'll get off the fucking plane and start punching dudes in the face. He's like, hey, 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 what's that accent? Bang! <laughs> it's like, that's the fucking dude who just, like, grabbed your bags at the team hotel, you dickhead. He's like, I don't care. Choking him out. Fucking, go to sleep, go to sleep, dickhead. <laughs> just fucking walking down corridors, just punching random ladies in the head. Draymond, lunatic. All right, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Rosé on Miami feels like a really good fit. I think the initial reaction is like, oh, yeah, it's like an upgrade over Kyle Lowry. So, yeah, fucking A. And, like, defensively, like, the only big questions I've got are, like, defensively, I think it might be a bit of a fuck around. So I'm not exactly afraid of it, you know? But it does give them, like, because that extra sort of, like, explosive offensive player that they don't really have, some of the other East contenders are going to be sitting there going, oh, fucking, yeah, it's a bit shit. We should, like, Philly, you've got to look at that trade and go, all right, what's our version of Terry Rozier? And Tobias is like, hello. It's like, nah, fuck off out of here, Tobias Harris. You're not, you're not him. Like, it's the Melton kind of spot, and it's not, doesn't quite have the offensive upside. It's like Embiid and Maxi. Tobias at number three, and then just sort of like a bunch of other ones where you're like, sure? I don't know. Like if they had Miles Bridges or Gordy Hayward, like just keep pillaging Charlotte, who knows? Just don't know. It's a tricky one. What about Outback Takehouse, though? It's Wednesday at Outback, and you know what that means? Oh, yeah, after I took the squids to the fucking dinos exhibit, we, uh... Came by a bit of squash possum. Just on the road on the way back down. It's like, alright boys, grab a hold of that. They grabbed it, brought it home, chucked her on the barbie, boom. Delicious. Bloody barbecued possum. Bit of fucking salt. Bit of nice white wine vinegar over the top. Give it a nice barbie rub and away you go. Bloody delicious and it's only at Outback. And today's Flame Grilled Take is... Doc Rivers will get this fucking Milwaukee Bucks team actually playing defense and they'll make the Eastern Conference Finals. Where they'll lose to the Sixers because they're beating Boston on the way. Only at Outback. Maybe. I just don't know if they've got enough of the the bodies to be a good defensive team, right? It's sort of like the big thing when you look at that Bucks team. It's like, yeah, geez, you drew Holiday. Fucking don't have him anymore. They're a shit, shit defense. It's like, yeah. But it's also like just a bunch of like old dudes now. It's like Malik Beasley, you got campaign. 
maybe if Middleton's right there and Brook Lopez is okay and Crowder sort of firing towards the end of the season, maybe. But they are severely limited also by the uh, buyout dudes sort of stuff. So a bit of a tough one. Weird situation, though, for Milwaukee. Fascinating wrinkle. Thank you, Milwaukee. Made a random fucking Wednesday in January. Super fun. All right. Uh, in terms of the Australian player watch, I mean, we kind of only had basically Dyson Daniels and uh, then the Aussies. So, and then the Aussie sort of showdown in Portland versus OKC. So let's take a quick break and we'll just do that very, very quickly. Right after this. This is Shane Hill and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do it. Australian player watch. As I mentioned earlier, Dyson Daniels, uh, 17 minutes, only took the two shots. Went 0 of 2 uh, from the floor, 0 of 1 from 3. But he had five rebounds, three assists, and a steal, and was a plus 13 despite the zero points and 153. Scored by the Pals. It's a weird position for Dyson to be in, you know? They played Jose Alvarado for some minutes in this game because they're just like, we're kicking the fuck out of him. But either way, Dyson will be fine. And then yeah, you had the uh, big Aussie showdown with Giddy on one side and Aussie Matty T and the uh, Grim Reefer on the other. For Portland, as mentioned, Duop Reef outplayed the shit out of DeAndre Ayton in six less minutes. In 21 minutes, he had 10 points, four rebounds, three assists, a steal, and a block. Shot three or five from the floor and two or three from downtown. Ayton had five, seven, and two in 27 minutes. Blow it out your ass. Uh, and then Matisse Tybal, Aussie Matty T also hit a couple of threes, went two or five from downtown, three or six overall, and eight points. Three rebounds, an assist, a steal, and uh, a block. Not bloody bad. And as mentioned, 25 minutes for Giddy. Seven points, five rebounds, three assists. Uh, three or six from the floor, one or two at the line. Yeah, not exactly fucking banging down the doors there, is he? Old mate Gids, but still, he'll be fine. All right. How about a bit of a... Uh, we have a great moment in NBA stress. No, we've got a uh, Andrew Gay's Grey Mum reward. For outstanding achievement in the field of excellence. It's the first the- Andrew Gay's Grey Mumba. Alright, let's do it. In terms of uh, fun excellences, there was the. Uh, very, very, very silly, awesome CJ McCollum game. But I think just the excellence is like the Clippers. So I just talked about them at length about how they are kicking ass and taking names. But, you know, they're kind of the villains of the piece. Four future Hall of Famers, bunch of MVPs. They are 20-4 and four since the start of December. It's pretty bloody good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Kind of love it. Uh, I also wanted to yell out about uh, sort of cow, like dickhead of the week, or sort of, you know, it may may not end up being dickhead of the week, but uh, DeAndre Ayton saying, yeah, look, my uh, my motivation in the league is to be a max player, and I am a max player, so yeah, I think, I don't know, dominating out there, just max playering. And everybody going, this guy sucks. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's not exactly what you want from a max player going, no, 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 man. Like, that's, that's what matters, basically. It feels great. It's just fucking brutal. What a massive kick in the dick for that, though. Seriously. Uh, anyway, let's do a bit of a... Where the fuck is my... There we go. The Patty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. All right. Patty Thrills, Patty Mills. We got any new patties? Let's have a look. Oh, new story from Patty. Let's go. Oh, San Francisco, California from Patty Mills. Looking sharp. He does have some great fits, this Patty. I mean, I guess you, you know, spend a bit of time on the bench. You can at least plan out your, uh, plan out your, uh, get up. It's pretty good. Very nice. Uh, right. Let's do a preview. Picks and previews for tomorrow. Got a, Unweird slate with all this uh, strange, strange. Oh, no, it's rivalry around. It's like Minnesota versus Washington. Sure. Charlotte, Detroit. Sure. 
I think we might be doing it on sort of different days, but either way. Uh, we have Minnesota taking on the... T- that's right, the uh, Wizards tomorrow. The Wolves, after that embarrassing loss against the uh, Charlotte Hornets, I expect them to kick the fuck out of the Wizards. So I'm going to go the Wolves minus 11.5. We have Charlotte taking on Detroit in a loser bowl. I actually don't mind Detroit uh, minus 2.5. But I think what you might see is just a lot more Lamello for Charlotte. And even with sort of some of the questions swirling around, I kind of feel like they might be able to pull off. But look, Detroit just played pretty tough against uh, the Bucks back-to-back games. Can they pull it off? Just don't know. I think Charlotte might have a bit of a fire lit under them, though, after that move, because everybody's sort of playing for a, uh, wait, I get traded? Cool. Send me somewhere, please. Memphis, go to Miami. Interesting one. Uh, the Grizzlies are plus 10.5. They actually just sort of pulled off the big upset win yesterday over Toronto. The Grizzlies are plus 10.5 in Miami. I just think Miami will out-execute and kick the piss out of them. So we might go minus 10.5 for the heat there. Portland go to Houston. Houston, look, there's a team that fuck around, fucks around and finds out. They are very good at home, though, the Houston Rockets. They are a bit wonky at times, but the Blazers on a back-to-back. That's a big line still. I'll still go Houston, I think. Cleveland in Milwaukee. I'm going to go the Cavs plus 6.5 on the road. Donnie Mitchell should torch Dame and likewise. But the Cavs' defense, they've been really fucking good. Well, they've won six on the trot, seven on the trot. So let's go the Cavs plus six and a half to keep at least close with the Buckaroos. Uh, OKC on a back-to-back against the San Antonio Bandera Spurs. San Antonio have been playing pretty well. They obviously played really tough against that uh, that weird sort of sixes game where Embiid's dropping 70 on their head. OKC on a back-to-back. They nearly blew it against Portland. I'm going to take the six and a half of the Spurs at home. Just the Thunder, eh, a couple of weird little question marks there. And then you've got the Suns-Mavs. That's a fun game. Uh, Suns rolling, just pulling wins out of their ass. I think they can do that as well on the road against the Mavs. Give me the uh, Suns minus one and a half. I very much worry about the defense of the uh, Mavericks up against this Suns team. It's like, wait, we're going to stop the other team from scoring? It's like, oh, jeez. And then finally, Hawks-Golden State. It's a weird one. DeJunte and Co. up against the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, the Hawks played very, very well at times in sort of pushing that weird Sacramento team yesterday, but they eventually got their ass sort of sort of just pushed away. Just like, fucking, no, piss off, and the Hawks just couldn't quite keep up. Can the Warriors fire up and beat them pretty handily? Six and a half points. Yeah, I think they can. Wow. So what's that? Eight games tomorrow? Is that all of them? Let's check. I'll just make sure that I've got everything shorted and everybody picked and previewed as per usual. Those are the ones with the odds. So what do we got? Yep. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Phoenix Dallas should be a cracker. OKC San Antonio is pretty interesting because you've got Chet versus Wemby. That's fun as hell. Uh, not sure why Atlanta or Golden State is a rivalry game, but whatever. <laughs> I love their rivalry stuff. All right. Good on them. So there you go. Eight games tomorrow. We'll be back on deck as per usual. That'll be fun uh, tomorrow because that's it for today. Jeez, long show in the end. Bloody hell. There's a lot going on, Jim. There's a lot going on. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, but that's it. On deck tomorrow. Uh, might be in this CodeBet studio, maybe. In the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey, IG, all over the socials. Get around NFL Australia as well. Gaz and I did a great job, I thought, Monday, Monday night doing that show. So go check it out. Setting up the AFC and NFC title games. Cricket Today podcast. The boys are doing a live stream tonight. I'll be on the socials giving them shit. Uh, That'll be fun. So tune in, watch the live stream as they watch along with the game. That'll be fun as. And then the Football Today podcast as well. Check that out too. Uh, Check us a rating review for all those shows across Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, whatever app you use on your Android phone. It does help out heaps, so... Come on, get around it. NBAstray.com slash shop. Get your merch, get your merch. And big thanks to From Oslo for the intro and outro song they rule. So do House Hats, Joshua Delarantis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Should I, Green, 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 and Dozers. They're behind all the tunes you hear throughout the show, so smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple Jane Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. And remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so so should you. You can also go read my Triple J Hottest 100 preview piece on CodeBit. Uh... That's it for today. I've got to get the fuck out of here. So we will catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying look after yourselves, would you? And can't believe Adrian Griffin got fired. And we got a trade. Chaos. You love it. 
I think that's ridiculous. Um, it's hard to get into why because I, I'm trying to explain. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be respectful.